Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 5D Full Disclosure. This is Aurora, and we are back with the Ego Death series. I think we're on part six. Um, I felt today I was going to talk about the savior programming, savior victim programming, because I just get pinged um, on the ones that are most relevant. And today feels like <clears throat> that is a very relevant programming to talk about. So what is the savior programming and victim consciousness? Because these are going to go hand in hand, as, as a lot of these programmings do. All of these programmings interplay with one another. Um, but there's always a few that really go hand in hand and kind of come with, you know, the territory. And victim consciousness and savior programming do go hand in hand. So what is savior programming? Savior programming is we can take this back and maybe we should start of really where I feel savior programming um, began. So first, we, we can take this all the way back to <clears throat> 27,000 years ago when the Anunnaki invaded the Earth after we fell in dimensions um, due to the misuse of technology from the Atlanteans, right? Um, and if any of you have ever watched the show Ancient Aliens um, or, you know, anything along those lines of where they, you know, they go to sacred sites, they, they investigate, you know... Uh, ancient texts, ancient information. And typically, the farther you go back, there was no written um, information as far as we can gather. But there are many things like hieroglyphics and um, murals and things like that, that we can decode a lot of things from. So there is there is very well known, a lot of hieroglyphics uh, point to this, as well as a lot of murals um, that have been painted around ancient sites. And they will depict uh, beings coming from the sky in like flying saucers and things like that. And a lot of people, uh, you know, both archaeologists and I think historians and just general public have um, come to the understanding that yes, at of course, at many points throughout our history, we did have contact with galactic species, right? And they did often... Um, give us information or technology to assist us along the way, right? But a lot of what technology we were given um, throughout our history has actually been from the lower races, not from the galactics themselves. Um, besides what we did talk about with the Giza pyramids, um, and a lot of those sacred sites were built using 5D technology. Um, the dream machine that we talked about that was hijacked, that was uh, in the Giza pyramids, that was 5D technology. Um, but those mural depictions of beings coming, you know, from the sky in saucers, that was the Anunnaki. And because when the Anunnaki invaded, remember, the surface level population that was remaining had just gone through an amnesia. They had just been knocked down in dimensions. So they had no remembrance of where they came from, what they were doing here. They completely forgot that they were uh, god selves, that they were from source, all of that. So they went down to a very primitive state. 
So when these beings, the Anunnaki, came in with all of their technology and all of these things, the primitives thought that they were gods. Um, and of course, they're not. Um, but to them, they were because they were a race and a species that had all this advanced technology and had all this information, etc. We don't know the full story past what happened after that. Of course, we know that the Anunnaki did use the Atlantean technology and further some of their own technology to begin manipulating our DNA and etc. But we don't really know the ins and outs. We have a lot of mythology that we can look at as well of demigods and things like that, where they talk about the interbreeding of the Anunnaki with the human population. That is also true. That that did create kind of the mythology around what we refer to as demigods. Um, but regardless, that is when the savior programming really began, right? Because the primitives who were left here, who actually weren't primitive, primitive at all, they were very advanced, but forgot. Um, they viewed the Anunnaki as gods. And this is why we became so easy to manipulate, um, because we did view these, these beings as, as gods. And they, they taught humanity how to worship gods. That's why when you look at the historical documentation, you'll see that there was all types of civilizations that worshipped all these demigods. You know, um, even in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of talk about um, making sacrifices to these gods. That all stems from the Anunnaki. Um, because Source herself, the mother, as well as Father God, would never uh, require sacrifices, would never require worship, um, because we are one and the same as them. So this whole notion of having a savior of having someone outside yourself that is above you, that you have to make sacrifices to, you have to worship, you have to fear, that stems from the Anunnaki. Now we can fast forward to 2,000 years ago or so, as far as we you know, uh, are aware, of the hijacking of the story of Jesus. So you know, why not? Let's just dive into it. The real story of Jesus, um, there was, there is many accounts now that speculate that Jesus was a twin. And that is true. Um, there were two. It was a masculine and a feminine. Jesus, the figure depicted in the Bible was actually a feminine. That was actually the embodiment of the mother God. And the twin was the father god they came into incarnation together the plan was to awaken humanity through the power of the mother and the father coming together uh, jesus's whole life was about gathering the twin flames to anchor in that energy of pure source balanced harmonics of the mother and the father and to basically awaken humanity to the fact that they had been enslaved, that love is the only thing in existence. And that's why you'll see such a, a big discrepancy between the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? The Old Testament depicts this, this God who is very wrathful, who is instructing uh, beings to go and burn whole cities and destroy everything and enslave women and children and all of these things in the name of God. Um, that's the Anunnaki. 
that 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 is the God that they are representing themselves as that's not the true God and then you'll see in the New Testament it kind of the story kind of starts changing it's, it gets a little bit weird and of course we know that the Bible has been completely rewritten by man and there's many things that have been left out of it many many books and accounts that are not included in there so what the cabal did was in order to ensure because they they knew after mom came in as jesus and father came in as as the twin um that this was going to spark the collective consciousness right because they can kill you they can kill us all but they can't stop consciousness so they knew that what mom did in that lifetime and what father did with her was had was going to have such an impact on the collective consciousness that the best way to combat that was to rewrite the bible in such a way as to manipulate the truth of jesus and manip of, of course they had to flip it to a man that was the first thing they did um and the second thing they did was to cut out the true teachings and they depict Jesus as being this savior, right? Oh, Jesus died for our sins on the cross. That is utter bullshit. Um, mom and father did not come in to sacrifice themselves for the whole, right? Because again, that, that notion of sacrifice comes from the Anunnaki. That does not come from source. What really happened was what we've been talking about for many, many years, which is the only battle that is going on is between the heart and the mind, between the soul and ego. And the ego program mind, again, comes from the Anunnaki, from the Cabal. So they had to influence the consciousness. And what they decided to do was to depict Jesus as this savior, when in reality, the truth of the story is that the ego decided to crucify love. And that is a perfect depiction of what has gone on on this planet for 27,000 years. And so the narrative became that by sacrificing oneself, that that would make you a savior, right? And so this has a twofold, um, this has a twofold impact on us. One is that we have all been now programmed with the savior programming, which says that if we want to help others, right, we have to sacrifice ourselves in some way. So you'll see it, there's, there's, and, and, and it gets, usually the people that get hijacked by the savior programming are those that have the most empathy for others. Same, same thing they did to mom as Jesus was to take someone who has the most empathy for humanity and to hijack them into trying to become a savior for everybody by, by self-sacrificing. So you can see how this led down, led the way for the teachings of all the religions that spurred after that, obviously Christianity, Catholicism, um, and, and that's the whole notion. Um, that's why nuns and priests do these vows of poverty, um, vows of celibacy, all of these kind of things. It's all a fucking illusion. 
And it's all along the lines of savior programming that you have to sacrifice yourself for this holiness, for this greater good. And so what happens is that especially people who have a lot of empathy for others, they get hijacked and feeling like they have to save everybody. And they get stuck in this cycle of trying to save everybody, trying to help everybody, trying to heal everybody. And in the meantime, they've sacrificed themselves in the process, which is the opposite of love. It is the opposite of embodying God with God. It is the opposite of divinity. And what this also creates on the, on the other end of the spectrum is victim consciousness. And victim consciousness is so pervasive and it hijacks us all into feeling again like we are the victim of external circumstances, that we are the victims of, of anything outside of ourselves and that we need saving. So this is where the religious community gets into where they are, you know, awaiting the the return of Christ to save them. In truth, they already missed it. Okay. They, they already missed it because God was already here and has been here many times. They completely missed it um, due to their uh, belief systems about what Christ would look like, who Christ is. Remember that the cabal always want to take you away from the truth. So they always want to put you in the farthest away possible position from the truth. So everybody is waiting for this man to descend from the clouds. They are waiting for the sky daddy to come and they missed it. They missed it. Um, and that's a whole nother podcast. I'll do a whole nother podcast on uh, religious programming specifically. But um, with the savior program, of course, this creates a victim complex, um, you know, that we're just basically here to suffer. And God has all these rules for us and is going to rain wrath on us. Um, and we are just here to be in the pain and suffering and to sacrifice ourselves until our savior returns which is just fucking complete lunacy. Um, we also see this in the disclosure community. <clears throat> um, you know, going back to uh, the early 2000s when the lightworker community really got going, um, everybody was waiting for the starships to decloak, to save us, right? Um, then in 2012, when there was the prophecies of the Mayan calendar ending, because they don't understand consciousness and because... They missed the point. Um, again, they thought that this big event was just going to happen that just saved us all. And, you know, and that was going to be that. And they had all these expectations of how that would look. Um, then later, you know, uh, as far as disclosure goes, you know, I remember back in 2015 when Julian Assange dropped the WikiLeaks drops. And that was the biggest thing we'd had in decades, truthfully. And we thought that Julian Assange was going to be the savior. He was going to put it all out there. Um, 2016, everybody wanted Trump to be the savior. Um, 2017 and onward, everyone wanted Q to be the savior. 
Um, now everybody wants Nasara Jasara to be its savior. They want the Medbeds to be their savior. <clears throat> they want the Solar Flash to be their savior. So you can see how this narrative from the beginning, this savior programming slash victim consciousness has been embedded so deeply into humanity. And the whole goal was to stop us from gaining our power back to realizing no one is coming to save us okay because in true reality and again i will repeat source is not a savior because we are of source source doesn't need to save itself we have to remember that we are source right we are not the source but we are source we are part of source we have to take our power back we are the change we wish to see so all of these narratives of these external saviors are simply reflecting the part within ourself that wants to be a victim and does not want to take accountability and responsibility for our own selves to become God with God because that takes work that takes effort that takes a deep dive into yourself and a not only a willingness but a drive and ambition a tenacity within you to not stop until you become God with God. And this is what they don't want. And so we, our entire world is based around savior victim consciousness. And, you know, we just look at the deep sleepers too. Who do they idolize? Who are they looking to be the savior for them, right? Throughout the pandemic, it was Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is our savior. Oh, the vaccine is going to be our savior. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fix everything for everybody. You know, they, um, they, they idolize these people. Uh, Bill Gates, he's going to save us all, right? There is no one person that is going to just come in and save us all, right? Because source was already here. And the whole message of source and the whole message of Jesus in truth was that we are God too. And all of these important figures throughout incarnations, which most of the most of the um, most famous figures that we have throughout history that have, you know, really had an impact on collective consciousness were part of the 144,000. That was our role. And we, we would come into these incarnations to lead by example, right? To inspire others to take their own power back, to rise up and become the change that they wish to see outside of them right? All of the masters, all of the greatest masters have told us the same message over and over and over. It's just a matter of whether we're willing to listen and whether we're willing to actually implement it. Because the more of us that take our power back, stop waiting for a fucking savior and start being it. 
That is how this ascension is done. Now, I'm not saying that um, these things won't happen, right? Um, do I do I know for certain that the galactics at some point are going to decloak because there's going to be first contact made? Absolutely. Um, do I feel that there is some sort of solar flash, whatever that looks like? Absolutely. But again, we're talking about vibrational frequencies. So if humanity is in the frequency of being victims and looking for a savior, we are not a vibrational match to these things. Same thing with Nasara Jasara. Same thing with medbeds. If we are not a vibrational match to those things, they will not manifest into our reality. We have to meet them halfway. We have to rise up to meet them. They cannot come down to our vibrational level to save us and intervene. That's not how this works. So a big part of dissolving victim consciousness does go back to the first programming that we covered, which is accountability, right? And then the next part of it is, okay, how do I start taking my own power back? Well, a lot of this comes from, of course, accountability and responsibility. And then it comes down to doing the dirty work, the dirty ego work that nobody wants to do. And that is to stop externalizing and start bringing everything back to the internal self. So again, um, everything you see outside of yourself, bring it within. Wait, what is this showing me about a programming or belief system that I have within myself? So the first way we do this is called the mirror effect. Everybody you interact with is a mirror for the unconscious parts of self that you cannot see, right? We talked about this. The ego cannot see itself. So it has to be projected outward so it can be shown to us. Now, with that being said, if you know that you have transformed a lot of these programmings and, and a mirror presents itself, like let's say I've done a lot of work to transform anger, um, and I then attract someone who's really, really, really angry. And I'm like, okay, why did I, you know, manifest this interaction? Because I know that I'm, I've transformed a lot of anger. A lot of times it is simply so that you can master your response. You can now master, you know, you've moved beyond, let's say that, that vibration. You're like, I, I know that I may have anger within, but I have transformed and I know how to process it, right? Then it's an opportunity for you to learn how to respond when that frequency is brought to you. So there is a discernment level for you to know of where you truly have transformed something and it's no longer necessarily a pure mirror, but it is bringing you an opportunity to show your mastery of how to respond to such an energy because you've been through it and because you know it well. But until then, everything is a mirror. So anything that triggers you about another is within you. Every single thing that really triggers you about another person, whether it's what they do or say or the way they act, whatever it is, it's because it's in you and you can't see it and it agitates the ego to see itself that's the game the ego gets triggered and agitated when it has to see itself 
And when you start noticing this, you, you, it, it's going to change everything because you're going to start seeing it. And, and this is the journey. This is why there are thousands and thousands and thousands of layers to the ego. So anything outside of you, you don't like it exists in you, right? Anything that triggers you about another exists in you. And so once you start utilizing the mirror effect and you start seeing that, it becomes a lot easier to pinpoint where within yourself you need to do more work. This starts dissolving the victim, right? Because we're, we're taking accountability, we're deleting blame, we're deleting externalization, we're deleting projection. We're no longer a victim of anything. Everything happens for a divine purpose. Everything is trying to show us where our ego is hijacking us so we can dissolve it and we can move up in the game to the next level, okay? And the second thing that we can do is that anytime you feel really frustrated um, by external circumstances, and we all feel this, you know, throughout the journey where like you feel stuck or you felt like, again, it comes back to kind of these expectations, right? When you expect that something is going to happen in a certain way and it doesn't go that way, you know, we talked that we talked about that in the last episode of non-attachment. Um, when we are not attached and we're not attached to a certain outcome or an expectation, that's when we can, that's when we can move through seamlessly. But when something doesn't go our way, doesn't go the way we thought, doesn't go the way we wanted to, whatever the case may be, we feel stuck or we're seeing things happen in the external world on the global stage and we are frustrated by it. And if the, and if the question that we keep asking ourselves is when is this shit going to change? When is disclosure going to happen? When is this going to happen? Stop your stop yourself and immediately ask yourself how can I change in this now moment that always has to be the first question okay I don't like what I'm seeing I'm tired of this shit I want it to change well then the next question is what am I doing to be the change that I wish to see because if we as individuals are not willing to change, how on God's green earth are we expecting the systems that were built upon these illusions to change? We're expecting these matrix systems and cabal to change before we are willing to change? That's the flip. We are the change. So that is the question. Every time we feel that way, what can I do? Now, I will say that the true disclosure is each of us disclosing our true selves to the world. Plain and simple. That is the true disclosure. The true disclosure is not the EBS going off, is not mass arrests, the true disclosure is us speaking our truth wholeheartedly and without fear. 
It is us being our true selves, not our egoic selves, not our wounded, traumatized, ego human self, our divine higher self. That is disclosure. The true decloaking is decloaking the self to the world. These are intertwined. And it, and it has to always start here on an energetic level before it manifests, right? So that's what we have to focus on. Nobody's coming to save us. We are here to save us. And it starts with ourselves. That's why we always advocate you have to start with your own inner work. You cannot save anybody or anything until you have saved yourself. And it starts with doing this work. And this also inspires others to have their own self-empowerment to also do this work, to know that we are powerful beyond measure, that we can break ourselves out of the illusion, we can dissolve our egos, we can embody God with God, we can heal ourselves, we can change the world through changing our internal energy through dissolving belief systems, through connecting to source. That is the true empowerment. We don't, we don't have to go out and try to physically save the world. You literally save the world through doing the inner work. So I hope that helps in terms of the savior victim programming. Um, it, there's a lot to that, but it really just begins there. Um, if you guys need more resources, of course, please check out the website at 5dfulldisclosure.org under the library tab, 5D University tab. And if you are needing more one-on-one -on -one guidance, please check out the sessions page. Um, of course, Equal Energy Exchange is available. And I love you guys, and we'll be back soon.